Welcome to the Shepherd's Crick Podcast. This ministry exists to provide coaching, resources, and events for pastors and church members. My name is Jared Sparks. Join me as I talk pastoral ministry, applied theology like manhood and womanhood, political theology, and cultural analysis with a little bit of hunting and fishing thrown in. I'm a husband, a father, and a pastor, and I'm here to remind you of the chief pastor and our king, Jesus. and welcome back to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great morning this morning. Sorry to miss out yesterday. It seems like, I don't know, every fourth week or every third week, something like that, the recording gets bumped from Monday to Tuesday, but it is what it is. Sometimes that's just the way it goes. And today I'm back. I'm going to be talking about G3, Owen Strand, Christian nationalism, Andrew Torba, and wading into the muddy waters that has been the whole summer, really, of conversation back and forth. Well, I shouldn't really say conversation back and forth. It's been rather one-sided without a willingness to have conversations back and forth, unfortunately, from the G3 guys to the Christian nationalism team and guys who have done some really good work putting together statements and statements that, unfortunately, haven't been interacted with and all of that. But more specifically, we're going to talk about the more recent Owen Strand, Andrew Torba deal on interracial marriage and what this whole thing was about. And then I want to bring some lessons that we can learn. I will say up front that I am thankful, even though I'm going to be bringing some critique to G3 and to Owen Strand, I really am thankful for their work that they have done and all the niceties up front. And I really mean it. But I think one of the signs of Christian maturity from them and myself, for everyone, is that we should be willing to hear and receive critique, and always recognizing that there are specks and planks in everyone's eyes. And our goal is to remove the plank from our own eye and to help other people remove the planks from their own eye and remove specks and all of, all of the uh, all of the above here. We're not saying that as I bring this critique that I have no blind spots, but I certainly want to say to these guys, please, you are going to lose so many people that have learned so much from you as you uh, continue to do the antics that you've been doing. So let me go ahead and pray and ask for the Lord's help, give you a couple announcements, and then we're going to dive right in. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. Ask for blessing upon the next few minutes here, I want to be faithful to help think through how we can accurately understand brothers and then how we can engage in fruitful and helpful conversation rather than in conversation that continues to divide and does more harm than good. So I just pray that you'd help, and I trust that you're going to. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. A couple announcements first. Sign up for the membership. Would love you to be a part of this. I'm sending out a newsletter every single month. I haven't really done a whole lot of writing. It's been a long time. I have, I don't know, 30 or 40 articles that are up at several different various online publications and haven't written very much, but I've been enjoying writing for just a small audience within the the Shepherd's Crick membership. And so if you want that once a month to your mailbox, let me know. $5 a month will get you access or get you that uh, to your mailbox every month with, a, at the end of the year, a thumb drive of all the content that I will send directly to you that you can just have. And there, if there's any problems with the internet down the road, that means that I'll be able to still have all my contacts and be able to still send you uh, material and get that to you. And you'll also get access to the previous cohorts that I've done, but also you're going to get into being able to view and have all the ownership over the Shepherd's Crook material that's being produced on Rites of Passage. So as of today, I'm going to be uploading part one and part two of six to my YouTube channel that is going to be there for free. And so two of six of the Rites of Passage series is going to be up there. That's material that I'm producing for small groups, for men's groups, for whoever wants to try to critically think through and, and, and specifically intentionally think through raising boys into men 
And so if you want that, please reach out to me and you can be a part of that membership for $5 a month. Would love to get <clears throat> get you signed up for that. Okay. Now, uh, also, Sons and Slice podcast. If you've not yet signed up for that, please do. A lot of fun with the boys. We had a really good episode with Noah and with Creed talking about hunting stories. And now that uh, hunting season's only a month away or less than a month away here in Southern Illinois, uh, I'm going to be, again, talking more hunting stuff and outdoor stuff and trying to get some interviews with some guys that are doing some really good things in that world. And so more interesting, hopefully fun conversations and uh, content for you. All right. John Harris and A.D. Robles, want to give them a shout-out. I want to thank them for the good work that they've done on this already. Uh, they've just done some phenomenal work putting content out there that's that's hopefully been helpful for the G3 side to be thinking through what things could be done better, hopefully helpful to Torba as well in particular, and better, maybe some other Christian nationalists, but more helpful for the G3 guys because I think that they have really had a summer where they continue to put their foot in their mouths over and over and over again. And I'm going to read a post that I made on Gab for you to kind of understand what I'm talking about. Here's what I'd said, the modus operandi for G3 in 2023. You guys believe this, and it's really bad. Christian nationalism, those guys. No, we don't. We don't believe that. G3, yes, you do. And we're going to tell everyone you do. And we're going to stand hard against you. Here we stand. We can do no other. <laughs> so now, now let's fast forward to the most recent debacle between Torba and between Owen Strand. Torba made a post about protecting and preserving cultures and uh, the, the virtue of that. And it sounded like it was a statement explicitly, you know, condemning interracial marriage or something. Um, Owen Strand responds back that this post is explicitly against, this is explicitly against interracial marriage. And this is a, a new battle that's happening among, among Reformed brothers. And it's just like this. And Torba's the figurehead or one of the figureheads of people that are saying things like this, and we really got to fight hard against this. Well, then what ends up happening? Well, Torba responds and says, hey guys, this is not about interracial marriage. Now, you may conclude, well, how can it not be? But by his own admission, a brother in Christ is saying, this is not about interracial marriage. And then the conversation continues, and Owen Strand doesn't say, oh, okay, well, maybe I misunderstood. Let me, can you clarify, Torba? Can we have a conversation about this? But instead, Owen Strayan digs his heels in and literally makes comment after comment after comment after comment after comment as if this is a huge issue now, something that he recognized this white Christian nationalism wasn't an issue and it was a farce and it was a, you know, a smoke and mirror show that the left was using to put in everybody's faces and, and the Christian, many Christian circles were, were using to put in many people's faces and say, look, this is an issue. And Owen Strayan just two years ago would say, no, it's not an issue. A.D. Robles did, did a really good job highlighting that. So let, let's just redo this post. For, this, for the sake of this conversation, modus operandi right now for Owen Strand towards Andrew Torba or other people. Torba, you believe this. It's really bad. Torba, no, I don't. Owen Strand, yes, you do. And I'm going to tell everyone you do. And I'm going to stand hard against you. Here I stand and I can do no other. Okay? You get what I'm talking about, hopefully. Now, the irony of all this is that Owen Strand has fought hard against and tried to understand really clearly what's been happening over the last few years. Wrote his book, Christianity and Wokeness. I read it. It was really great. I actually had him on the show a couple years ago, right before he wrote that book. And the it's almost like there's this weird theological white knighting happening from Owen Strand or some of the G3 guys against Christian nationalism. And they're wanting to, to be the conservative heroes against this scary movement, which isn't a scary movement at all. It's it's a group of men who are wanting to 
see, and they're not even calling themselves theonomists, but it's a group of, some of them are, but not all of them, but they're wanting to see God's rule in all of life, and they're from different eschatologies, and they're from different theological traditions, and yet they're all saying, hey, I think there's a better way to do things than a principled pluralism or a religious secularism. And I think there's a better way, and an old way, an ancient way, that societies have have functioned in and functioned well in and thrived in that have been rooted in the principles found in the scriptures, you know, I don't know, like countries like America, maybe, that have done things better in the past than they have in, right now. And what we're seeing right now is this very, very much like a French, French revolutionaries everywhere wanting to overturn everything that we've known and every, from basic logic to theological truth to just Christianity in general and are clearly having an agenda to destroy the white population in this country. Okay? Now, this is where Owen Strand, I wish he would just kind of get his hand, head out of the sand. He, he said, sadly, many pastors, and I'm not going to go through all the quotes and the tweets and all this kind of stuff. I don't have 20, Twitter anymore, so I can't check all this stuff out, or X, whatever it's called now. Uh, but one of the things he had said is that he's lamenting the fact that many pastors are buying, it, buying into this white replacement theory. And as if those that are buying into white replacement theory, re- replacement theory are somehow Christian, white Christian nationalists or something, which is the furthest thing from the truth. It's it's comical and it's ridiculous to think that that's the case. But it's also comical and ridiculous for somebody to think that that is somehow a theory and not an absolute fact. Out of the mouths of leaders and global leaders around the world, there's a clear desire to replace for this white replacement theory among, among Protestant Western countries and it's been a long game, and it's been ramped up, and it's absolutely clear. That doesn't mean to say that that's an absolute fact, that that's happening, that somehow we are, or anyone prefers any color of skin or anything like that over anybody else. It's just saying, hey, it's a clear fact that, that uh, there is an assault happening on a particular color of skin, and the assault that's open and clear for everyone to see is upon white Americans. <laughs> it's really easy to see that. The villains of the media... And many, even in the theological world, are just good old, you know, just classic white people. <laughs> and so it's not a weird thing to say that. Uh, it's not wrong to say that. The weird or the wrong or the odd thing to say is that anybody who just has their eyes open and can see reality and the truth that's all around us and isn't just suppressing the truth, it's a weird thing to say that that is just a theory. <laughs> it's just odd. So here's what I want to encourage people with. You don't in your theological battles, as you're trying to understand what's happening and who's saying what and why they're saying what, don't fight ghosts. And that's what seems to be happening with Owen Strayan right now. He's not listening to the people that he's fighting against, and instead he's continuing to make strong stands. We, you know, that interracial marriage is good and beautiful, and my goodness, there's nothing wrong with interracial marriage at all. It's always going to be the exception, not the rule, though, because people have preferences, and preferences aren't bad. It goes like this, and if anybody says, this is bad, Jared, then I would question, why do you think that's a, this is bad? This is not a bad thing. When I was single, before I met Jordan, I liked short, blonde girls, right? That's what I was attracted to, and they were white. Now, they didn't have to be white, but not only was I attracted to white girls, I was attracted to short, white girls with blonde hair. Now, did, did that mean I didn't find any brunettes attractive or something like that? No, that's not the case. I found some brunettes attractive. And in fact, when I met my wife, she went back to her natural, natural hair, color, hair color, and now she's a short brunette. And she's very pretty. That's what I'm attracted to. I'm attracted to my wife. And that, that's my preference. It was always my preference. 
Now, that's always going to be the norm. Now, maybe not the, the, the size, but it's always going to be the norm that white people are attracted to white people and black people are attracted to black people. Mexicans are attracted to Mexicans. Asians are attracted to Asians. Now, I've been talking about this a little bit for a while now because I want us to, to normalize some of these conversations and to say that's okay. Then the exceptions to those general rules and observations are going to be that different colors are attracted and there's nothing wrong with that as long as they're united in Christ. That's that's the whole point, right? We want to share a union in Christ together. And if we don't share that, then there is the matter of being unequally yoked. That's always going to be the exception. because that's. But what's happening now is an elevation that there is one particular kind of marriage that is more virtuous than other kinds of marriage. And that is the interracial marriage type. And I just want to say that that's always going to be the exception. There's nothing wrong with it. But that's always going to be the exception, not the rule. And it's not more virtuous than two white people getting married that love Jesus or two black people getting married that love Jesus or two Asian people getting married that love Jesus. There's nothing more virtuous about that interracial, interracial marriage. It's not, does it display the glories of the gospel more somehow because of that? But there seems to be this fighting ghost because this whole conversation goes back to, well, you don't believe in interracial marriage. This whole recent conversation between Owen Strain and Torba. Now, what are some things that we can learn from this? Uh, and if you're unaware of the conversation, that's just what it's been about. It's been about uh, this this conversation between Owen Strand and Andrew Torba, and even our elders had some conversations about this and worked through it and were very helpful and challenging. It was really, really good. So I'm not trying to get into necessarily the merits of the arguments or, or who said what or who said what better and what was the real intent behind what Torba posted or, or anything like that. But I do want to take away some lessons because I think what Owen Strand did was the exact same thing that G3 did all summer long, and it's been a very, very un unfair critique of one side, and then when the one side responds to say, we don't believe that, there's a digging your heels in and saying, yes, you do, and I'm going to make this my hill to die on. In fact, now, like Owen Strand is saying, I'm going to make this my keynote speaker talk at the G3 conference, and it's going to be against kinism and white Christian nationalism. Really? As if that's some pervasive issue that's being that we're facing today. So there's some lessons that we can mark. Number one, don't sit, don't insist on, these are not in any particular order, I just jotted these down and just going to be working through these and you'll probably pull out some lessons that I haven't thought of, I'm sure you will. And that's one of the great things I love, especially talking to our elders. And if you're, if you have the pleasure of serving on an elder team where you're co-pastors with a, a church, one of the great things, and if you just have good Christian buddies, is that iron really does sharpen iron. And as you listen to other people speak, this regularly happens with our elders. I'm sitting there listening and I'm thinking, man, these guys are unbelievably sharp. I mean, I am challenged, and I am challenged up to be a continual learner and a continual disciple of Christ and a continual studier because of the men around me, the peer pressure and the, the good, uh, the good you know, work that God's doing around us is challenging us all to grow and to be sharp theologically, sharp mentally. We want to think, think through these things in a biblical manner, and we want to see you know, the world, God's world and God's word. And we want to see God's world through the lenses of God's word. And we want to understand it rightly. And, and man, these guys do a really good job thinking through this. And I'm going to assume the best about my listeners, that you guys are going to be able to also connect some of these dots and think of things that I've not thought of and think of some lessons. And maybe you'll have some lessons for me to say, no, 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 Owen Strain is, is really right on this somehow. And message me and tell me how he's right on this. That's all right. Um, but I think he's just fighting ghosts, and he's fighting ghosts with all his might and making it his hill to die on. So lessons. Don't insist on fighting fake battles. 
And the fake battle in this instance that he is fighting is by telling people who do not believe that interracial marriage is bad that they do believe it's bad because of comments that they make. Don't fight ghosts. There are so many battles to fight right now. Brothers and sisters, there are so many. They're out there. They're everywhere. From the tyranny that's being handed down from the government to churches that don't understand the difference between ecclesiology or the keys and the sword and who's to establish what and who has been given what to, uh, to battlegrounds about gender and sexuality, even within the church, to even having to fight about what is a pastor, the Southern Baptist Convention, what is a pastor, can women do this? And then what is the authority structure in the home? And what about children and how you raise children? There's so many battles right now that we are facing, and we want to make sure that we're making the right decisions when we're facing battles and, and making our stand, that here we stand and we can do no other stand. Uh, make your stand against never putting a mask on again. Make your stand upon insisting on the gospel of Jesus Christ that's always going to be under assault. Make your stand upon the insistence of the image of God and God creating both male and female and then the roles in which God is established. Because sanctification is at stake when we think about gender roles. You can't grow in Christ if you don't grow in Christ as a man, if you don't grow in Christ as a woman. Make your stand there. Make your battles where the actual fights are. Don't fight ghosts. Don't be a theological white knight for a category. It's, it's just really weird. It seems like what's happening where the G, G3 guys are doing everything they can. And, and I was talking to a friend of mine recently, and he said this happens a lot within the South. If you live in the South, and many of the G3 guys do, it's almost like you have to go over and above to prove that you're not a racist or to prove that you really love black people. And it's always the white-black thing, right? And so anything that you sniff out that could possibly be racist in any way, you make your stand against it because you want to be looked at as, again, the theological white knight defending not just the women, but defending the black brothers and sisters. And I just think so much more of our black brothers and sisters than trying to be a white knight. If we can't, again, talk to Christians of all colors in the exact same way, then we are missing what the New Testament calls us to. And I'm not going to think so little of black brothers and sisters that to, to think that they're just offended all the time shouldn't be. And if they are offended all the time, they shouldn't be. And it, it's just, it's just, that's the case. We've got to talk to one another as if we're really brothers and sisters in Christ. We don't need theological white knights just defending every stench of, of what could be possibly a racist statement or a comment. Okay? Don't fight battles against ghosts. What else? Understand and never misrepresent those who you are critiquing. Understand them. Learn lessons from the summer of G3. Learn lessons. If you're in an argument with somebody or a conversation or a theological discussion with somebody that's a friend of yours or somebody at your church, then understand them rightly and let them speak against your critiques. If you say, well, have you thought about this? Or why are you doing this? At least give them the common courtesy to have a discussion with them and then let them say what they believe. And then when they say what they believe, don't insist back to them, no, you don't. How enraging is that when somebody is telling you, like they have been doing to the Christian nationalist and then to Torba, this is what you believe. And when you respond and say, no, it's not, the insistence continues to come, yes, you do. That is unfaithful, that's uncharitable, and that's not what we're called to do. Learn that lesson and don't do that to people. Listen to them. You, you want to rightly listen from one side, okay, what do you have to say? And then what ends up happening is those who are being silly, those who are being ridiculous, those who are being quarrelsome, they bubble to the surface and you can see it. 
And the problem is right now, people see that about the G3 folks. They are continually losing people. And I'm telling you, these young folks right now, uh, G3, if you're ever, anybody from G3 listens to this, my appeal to you is you, you've got to stop it. You need to listen. And isn't that funny? You need to speak, but you need to listen when people respond to your critiques and criticisms. Um, the next thing, number three, I guess, or number four, whichever number this is, don't be reactionary. Be a grown-up. When somebody says something you don't agree with, don't be, be thick-skinned for goodness sake. Don't be a person that's just easily offended all the time. If you hear something and you think, huh, that's off, I don't know about that. If somebody even comes to you and explicitly says, I, I, well, I believe that uh, we, we're going to preserve cultures and colors and I think, you know, interracial marriage is wrong. Okay, don't immediately freak out. Think, okay, let's have a conversation about this. I want to win a brother to being faithful to the scriptures. I don't want to be so reactionary. It's just like somebody came to me and said, well, I, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, whatever it may be, you know, uh, Catholic doctrine. I want to listen to them and respond. I don't want to immediately freak out and be reactionary. I want to respond and bring them back to a truthful position. I don't want to misrepresent them to their face or online. <clears throat> so don't be reactionary. When you hear something, and I'm doing this episode several weeks out from this so-called controversy because I'm not wanting to be reactionary. I'm wanting to think through it as best as I can. Uh, understand proportion. <clears throat> Another lesson. Understand proportion. If you're coming hard against something, make sure there's something else. Again, when you're fighting ghosts, there's other battles that you should be coming hard against. So when Ellen Strand specifically is coming against this white Christian nationalism, and what he should be coming against is this assault on and this whole idea of white replacement theory. He actually should be looking at that. He should be coming against the World Economic Forum. He should be coming against those that are actually assaulting and trying to destroy everything in this nation from its foundations and everything that came from it. Everything that sprouted out from the soil that was the beginnings of this country, the beginnings of New England Puritanism, the, the beginnings of a British, British establishment, and everything that's developed over time, what he should be standing against is those who are assaulting that. But instead, He's over here fighting this battle. So understand proportion, okay? And then finally, don't bury your head in the sand. It's easy to bury your head in the sand because you don't want to be viewed as a weird conspiracy theorist, right? There are so many things. You want to be, you want to be normal. You don't want to be looked at as a weirdo or out there or fringe or anything like that. Nobody really wants that. And to make comments even about online, and I've been doing this recently, about fake meat, or even about uh, vaccines, to come out against vaccines, or to come out against whatever it may be, fill in the blank. You're, there's always this nervousness, or at least there has been in the last few years, am I going to be looked at as a weirdo? And I just want to say, I'm certain, you know, if you come out and you're like, yes, I'm a flat earther, okay, you might want to keep that to yourself for a little bit, okay? <laughs> so you, okay, again, understanding proportion. However, um, don't bury your head in the sand with what's actually going on. Recognize the times and recognize what we are to do in those times. And don't fight ghosts from 60 years ago. Don't fight ghosts from 50 years ago. Fight the real battles. Don't fight brothers and sisters and misrepresent them. And I hope I've represented accurately what, what's been happening over the last summer and even with Owen Strand and Torba. And uh, learn from it. Grow. Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a good rest of your day and keep coming back. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. You all very much. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks again for listening to the Shepherd's Crook podcast. For more information, you can go to theshepherdscrook.co. Please consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes. And if you want to become a member of the Shepherd's Crook, please message me and we'll get you on the list. We hope you have a great rest of your day.